It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We support our local team and our local brewery, Phantom Brewery. And they've decided to support us back and you guys by offering a 10% off code. EPR10, when used on their website, phantombrew.com, will get you 10% off anything you order this season. That code again, EPR10. Lafondra looking to get close side of Vaughn. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Well, hello there. It seems like it's been a bloody age since I had to introduce one of these. But if you are tuned into this podcast, you're not just tuned into any old podcast. It's the Elm Park Royals preview podcast sponsored by Phantom Brewing Co. Down in Reading. I nearly said blue collar because they sponsor (laughs) us too, but they're the other one. Uh, But thank you to both of our sponsors. Uh, I'm in the mood for some uh, Phantom Brew this afternoon because the sun is shining. uh, The international break is almost over. And I'm delighted to be joined by James Earnshaw from the Reading Chronicle, fresh from the Paul Ince presser down at Bearwood today, James. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, go back about two hours ago. And uh, do you feel enlightened by our, our, our glorious, glorious leader? Like, has the gaffer, uh, <laughs> how's, what's the gaffer's mood like? Because if he's anything like us, it feels like it's been so long since Reading mm. last played a game. And obviously, we went into the international break on a high, having beaten Wigan 1 0 away. And it, it, was, it was important to go into the break with a win, given that we'd had that really demoralising first home defeat against Sunderland. Mm. What's Paul Ince's mood like at the moment, James? Because you're better placed than anyone to tell us that. Yeah, he seemed chirpy enough. Uh, I, I don't think... I, I think the break came at a good time for him. You know, more chance to get the players back. They did have a couple of fixtures the um, behind closed doors against Brentford and then quite a few played in the 21s win on Monday. So they're all ticking over. Things are slowly getting back to normal. Uh, a lot of players are getting back on the training pitch, but again... You're still then looking a fortnight before you're sort of ready to to play your first team action. But um, the main thing to take is that Andy Carroll's fit and firing, so he's ready to go. He played 75 minutes on Monday, so I'd like to think he should easily get an, an hour in the tank Saturday if needed. Mate is back and ready. Ajari is in full training, so it's now just picking and choosing when to throw him back in. Um, 
other than that, the rest will be two, three weeks. Naby Sars picked up another injury. Uh, so he's another two to three weeks before he starts training again. So you're pushing it really there for the international for the World Cup break. Femi Aziz probably looking the same. This mystery illness that Shane Long's got seems to be taking forever. Um, but yeah, you know, it's not as bad or doesn't feel as bad as it was before the international break. Anyway, the problem is there's just so many fixtures. You could be out for two to three weeks and you're missing six, seven games now, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, it's uh, it's a busy old schedule coming mm. up. And in classic Reading fashion, I know you've already touched upon it, but usually you treat the two-week break as an opportunity to get a few bodies fit. And, you know, when the when the squad is as stretched as Reading's is, it's really important to get them, get them back. And in classic Reading fashion, that really hasn't transpired as well as it could have. Because like you say, we're, we're missing the likes of Naby Saar, who's probably one of our best centre-backs. And we haven't seen much of him since he scored that winning goal mm. on his debut. And Shane Long, I, I saw Ince mention that Shane Long had some occurrence of this mystery virus like back mm. like a decade ago in 2012. But details are a bit scant on the ground regarding that. So if we are a defender down in the meantime with Naby Saar out for two to three weeks... Interestingly, there's been a, a, a well, it's it's you, the man of many scoops, more scoops than Hagen does, <laughs> actually conjured this one, um, threw this one up on the on the Twitter sphere. Uh, a familiar face for many Reading fans, old Michael Hector, who made you know a ton of appearances for us in his first spell with the club before getting sold to Chelsea. Uh, he's back training with Reading in the hopes of earning a contract and uh, filling in another spot at centre back, isn't he, James? Yeah, yeah, so he's been in over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, it felt different to Andy Carroll. Andy Carroll almost felt like, you know, they were desperate to get this one over the line. This one almost feels like it'd be nice if they can get him over the line, but they don't seem as sort of pressed on it. Obviously, it'd be great to get another centre-half in with the injuries the way it is, um, but I don't feel the almost sort of panic. So, uh, for me, I'm just looking at it as if it happens, it's a nice position. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think we're desperate for it. I think there are other positions where, we could have really done the strengthening ahead of centre half personally, but you know, if, if it happens, it'll be you know a nice homecoming. Hopefully, some of the fans that sort of were a bit upset with him when he celebrated a bit overzealously in the seven nil will hopefully have forgiven him. Um, but yeah, I'm you know sort of non-plus about this one too much. And if it happens, it's great. If it doesn't, you know, it's not the end of the world. I'm the same. It's it's. Uh, I'm sort of six of one and half a dozen mm. of the other in regards to this transfer because even though I think he is a quality player and I think he had an especially decent time at, at Fulham when you know pre-promotion, um, it's it's one of those where he was good, but in terms of identifying strong positions for Reading at the moment, I know the likes of Scott Dan are you know totally mm. corrupt and Liam Moore's out of contention for the time being, but other than that. Provided, and it's a big if that people can stay fit, we're pretty well stocked. And it's a sort of nice to have signing rather than mm. incentive. I saw one Reading fan on Twitter rather optimistically describe Michael Hector as uh, the championship's Virgil van Dyke. Which is a levels of praise. The, the van Dyke that no one's picked up as we approach October and the window's been shut for over a month. Well, indeed, I had no idea it was even a free signing, which yeah. shows how much I pay attention. There, but, there must be something going on because surely someone would have picked him up by now I mean he's he's won what is it two of the last three championships mm. at least he's been involved in squads that have gone up over the last few years if he you know he's 30 now which you know I'm only 22 that's it makes me feel amazing to think. Was, it makes me feel old <laughs> I remember him leaving and on the, on the deadline day what five six years ago now um 
But yeah, you know, I mean, the latest on Dan and Moore is that Moore might be back on the training pitch in November. Mm. Um, but that's sort of on it, on it, sort of with the physio doing, you know, not joining in with the squad. And Scott Dan's out until after Christmas. So, yeah. I mean, I can see why they might want another one. But personally, I think once Naby Sars back, I think we've got more than enough, even if we do play the five, to um, fill in the gaps. Yeah, it's an interesting one because as well, like you say about the age that Hector is now. And it's you, you, I'm surprised he's not been snapped up because mm. when he left Reading the first time, I remember I was doing Bushwatch that day when he left. <laughs> I think it might have been 2014, 2013. I think it was 2014. Well, he was involved um, in the FA Cup semi-final. Which oh, so it was 2015. Yeah. All, all the years blur into one, James, <laughs> honestly. Um, but back then, obviously, he was very, very fresh, mm. um, sort of in the young talent bracket. And now he's come back and he's training with his with a pedigree and, you know, having actually achieved promotions to his name. So if it comes off, great, happy as Larry. But equally, I've seen some people saying they'd rather that the final squad slot, because that's what it's going to be. It would be the mm. final slot in our in our squad for the season. They'd rather that it went to an attacking player, because I think we're still crying out for someone like of a number 10, yeah. you know, yeah, so you can provide a bit of a spark in the midfield. Because I don't know about you, but I think, looking forward to the week against Huddersfield. Obviously, Tom Ince has provided such a source of inspiration for us in recent games and ended up scoring the winning free kick against mm-hmm. Wigan. He's it's not he's not the sort of prolific goal scorer that that's going to be a long-term fix, is it? So if we're looking at Huddersfield, James, how do you expect us to to set up with the bodies we've got back now? And what do you do you think we're 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 good value to grind out another result? Uh, I would like to think it'll go back to a four. I mean, if we're setting up with a five at the back at home against team second bottom, I mean, it's not really giving off particularly uh, confident vibes. Um, you know, having said that, we've done it in the past and we've won, and that's that's the main thing. I think it'll be a, an interesting one, a bit of an unknown quantity, really, with this new new bloke coming from Hertha Berlin. He's only had, what, three or four days to work with his team, so they won't really particularly know what mm-hmm. style they're going to play. So we're trying to sort of almost, you know, fight against ourselves in the mirror here. We're sort of, you know, sparring, sparring nothing, just lining up. We're at home, you know, we should just go out and say, look, you know, we're at home, beat us. You know, we'll we'll set out the way we want to set out and we'll play how we want to play. And you're the ones that have got a change to beat us. But that's not really been the way in the pool too much. We've always sort of been the team that's willing, other than Blackburn, we've been the team willing to, fit ourselves around the other team. It'd be quite nice for us to set, set out our stool and say, you know, come and beat us. It's our home. We've lost once at home yeah. all season. You know, you're the ones that are need of, need the points more than we do at this stage. You know, come and find a way of beating us. But I think it'll be a narrow a narrow game. Wouldn't surprise me if it was a draw because obviously their players will be up for it and trying to impress this new bloke. Um, so, yeah, probably 1-1, 2-1 either way. Yeah, I agree with you. I think... Um... There's always a bit of a wildcard factor whenever a new manager takes his first game. And Mark Fotheringham mm. is probably looking at this and thinking, OK, this is a chance to make a statement away from home. And um, if you pull into you're thinking this is a golden opportunity against the team 23rd in the league to mm. get back to winning ways at home. And obviously our, our home record has now been blemished by that Sunderland defeat. But, you know, if we can sh- fully, fully purge it from our system with another win here, then it will be like it never happened, fingers crossed. So uh, it, you're right, it's, there's a real question mark about how Huddersfield are like it's set up and I'm looking forward to picking the brains of uh, and he takes yeah. that chance podcast after you've been on, James, because um, who scored reckon he could stick, this is Mark Fotheringham, 
uh, stick with a 4-2-3-1 system that Huddersfield have been playing up until this point this season. And uh, they're also likely to have Sorba Thomas back in contention, mm-hmm. who is a, a, a quality player. But, you know, the, the stats don't lie. Huddersfield have been terrible to start the season. <laughs> and um, and I don't know, it's, it's it, it, I'd like to think it's another three points and we'll solidify our unlikely playoff run. But I can't see there being more than a goal in it. So I'm probably going to go for a... A two-one Reading win myself. Yeah. But by it's the time Reading, I... sorry, it's, it's typical Reading sort of pessimism, isn't it? It's just you know, if there's ever going to be a banana skin, it's against Reading. Mm. Oliver Langford's the referee, and we never have a good. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, so at least three Huddersfield penalties will be given, and we'll be denied at least seven Stonewallers, uh, no doubt. Yeah. Um, everything seemingly seems sort of stacked against us in the way that it's a new manager there's going to be a bounce as a referee where it's notoriously hard to budge you know mm-hmm. so it's probably going to be a pull into one nil win because that's uh seemingly <laughs> how it's gone over the last few years last few i'll months take in. that that's uh paul Ince's bread and butter <laughs> that. A, a, an unattractive one nil win yes mm-hmm. please and it's going to be good because before... uh the stadium's going to be a lot fuller so that's selling an extra four or five thousand tickets that's so great that's... nearer 17 18 000, which when i was first going was the average really and mm. now that's sort of the, that's going to be by far the biggest attendance the way it's by far the biggest crowd of this season and you know to be fair i wouldn't go against it being the biggest crowd of the season unless we keep up with this good form yeah i mean it's it really does make a difference i know it's an easy like classic cliche you know saying oh well you know the more bodies in the stadium and the more noise there is then you know it can really make the difference but it at, you know, for a team like Reading, where attendances have been on the slide for mm-hmm. so long, and like you say, you know, back back when we started supporting, you know, we were getting far healthier crowds. But you know, an extra four k will go a long way. Um, so that will be good. I, I was unaware just how many tickets were sold for this fixture. That's that's nice. I'm looking forward to it even more now. Just before mm-hmm. you go, James, we've got just enough time to get your uh, valuable, valuable opinion about the new Reading FC third kit <laughs> that's just been announced today by uh, Macron. Mm. I've already ordered mine um, up with uh, Andy Carroll number two on the back, obviously, which pro- probably means he's going to do his ACL now and not feature again. <laughs> but um, it's, it's notable for several reasons, because like the away and the home kit, they're fully that they're made 100% from fully recycled plastics which you know backs up the whole climate change message that the club's got going on uh but also in my lifetime we've never had a third kit ever so um what do you make of it I mean it's it's pretty hard to dislike really it's just a, a nice nifty sleek stylish black number but you know thoughts out did, of did 10, we have one you even before your time I can't I imagine an, eight, an 80s or a 90s reading surely wouldn't have had a third kit well so that's the, the thing I one didn't I reckon if we we're asking the wrong people, aren't we? Because if you ha- if we had an elder citizen like uh, Paul on, he won't appreciate me saying that. No, I can that's, hear that's him. You off, that's you. Off I know that's me. Off. That's my P forty five in the post now. Sorry, Paul. But uh, no, if if we had uh, someone of Paul's generation on, not necessarily Paul, um, they would probably tell us that Reading third kits are in, in pretty short supply. But but what do you reckon? What do you make of it? Do you like it or? Especially ones that they wear, because obviously they had the they had the comic relief one, but you know mm. that wasn't worn in a game, and it, you can't really class Ryan's Royals as a as a third kit because that was just a one off. I like it. I kind of wish the sponsor was blacked out as well. Me too. Because uh, at the minute it does look a bit like it's just a giant advertising board for select car mm. leasing, given that that's <laughs> the only thing not blacked off. But I think it looks smart. It looks um, 
you know, a bit like cars, sort of black cars always look so much sleeker than other colored mm. cars. And I, I just think it looks nice. I mean, I'm intrigued to see when we'll wear it. They said, keep your eyes peeled. So they've obviously got something planned. But I don't see a world in which pink and blue aren't colours in which we can wear normally. So unless yeah. there's a special environmental day or some specific match that they've they've picked out for us to wear it. Um, it's nicer than the last black kit we had, which was uh, almost like honeycomb. I remember, yeah. Uh, I, ha yeah I had that kit with a John Daddy Bob version on the back. <laughs> yeah, I had that kit. I didn't get when he was in. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks nice. Um, don't really see the need for it. You know, um, but will that stop me buying it? Probably not. So, um, mm. yeah, you know, it's, it's nice to other clubs have always had third kits or, you know, have had more frequently than us. So it's quite nice that we've got one for a change. Yeah, black third kits seem to be very much in vogue at the moment. Like a lot of clubs are going for the like the all black kit. And I know I wasn't entirely all black with the select car stuff on it, mm. but I don't mind it as much. And uh, I'll tell you what, it'll look even nicer when you mentioned when are we going to wear it for the first time. It'll look even nicer when we're wearing it on our open top bus parade through Reading <laughs> after winning the league with 107 points. On uh, a hybrid because, bus. Yes, hybrid yeah, powered by methane. Bus. Yeah, that's it. You know, <laughs> you, you got the memo. You got the environmentally friendly memo. Uh, James, thank you so much for joining us for me. the return of the Elm Park Rules preview podcast. We're previewing yeah, the host. Oh, we, they're coming thick and fast. Yeah. Uh, me and Matt Lansley, Matt Lansley and I, rather, uh, we're splitting them between us this month. So you can expect wall to wall previews as far as the ear can hear. Um, <laughs> after this very short break, we're going to be previewing the Huddersfield game in even greater depth with Kosi from. And he takes that chance podcast. That's a, a, a quality, quality Huddersfield pod, which you should all subscribe to. But he'll be on in just a minute. James is going to go off now and get a well-deserved coffee or something harder. Thanks for listening so far. Stay tuned for another 15 minutes or so after the break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back after the break. Uh, if you've survived your break, I mean, not that you have been getting up to anything dangerous, I hope. Um, you've reached that part of the show where I get on a member of the opposition contingent and pick their brains ahead of the weekend, see how we're going to get on against them. This week, it's Kosi from And He Takes That Chance podcast. The chance in question being taken, obviously, against the Royals. I imagine that line of commentaries from, is it, Kosi? You got it, Jacob, mate. Uh, yeah, like I was saying just off air there, uh, I don't know for you, but it feels like about 20 years ago that it were only year five. <laughs> Mad. Yeah. It feels like a long time ago. 
I feel like I've prematurely aged about 20 years since that playoff <laughs> final in, in 2017. Yeah. It was 2017, wasn't it? Because like you say, yeah, it feels yeah. like a long time ago. And uh, obviously, Reading have been down in the doldrums of the championship ever since. And um, we've, we've been flirting with relegation for many of those. Obviously, mm. Huddersfield had, had their time in the sun in, in the Premier League. And now you're, you're back, I suppose, in, in a position that I think the majority of neutrals were, were surprised to see just as low as you are 10 games in, in, in 23rd position. You've, you've changed your manager as well. And this is his first game um, this weekend against us. And I suppose the big question is, what's gone wrong for Huddersfield, Cozy? Yeah, well, to be fair, that the uh, last season was just a kind of bolt from the blue, really, because the seasons before we've been struggling like you to stay in the division and obviously started off this season uh, reverting to that type. So that was just kind of a bizarre, unique season. But what's gone wrong? Well, uh, I think it's, it's weird. It can go either two ways. I think Brentford lost their player final and kind of regrouped and sold their the guy at Villa, the main man, and obviously got even Tony and the rest of his history. They went back... Uh, up and doing a good job again this season but we did the opposite uh, we lost our best players well two of our best players Lewis O'Brien and Tali Toffolo as much uh, pain as well going to Nottingham Forest obviously the team that you know beat mm. us in that controversial final and then just as we were kind of recovering from that our head coach uh, walks out and uh, I think it was like three or four weeks before the season so pretty simple mate you lose your best two players arguably best two players and your, your head coach and doing a mess. Having said that, Jacob, the uh, should we doing the, the squad is he's certainly not second bottom squad, but mm. talks talks cheap in it, as you know, football and uh yeah, we need to pull his finger out. But obviously we went uh promoting within. I think it was a bit of a shock to everyone in the club. Carlos walked Carlos Corbin walked out. The club narrative was that Danny Schofield who was uh, kind of a, a coach uh, in the background, at you know, with Carlos as well, he was always going to be their long-term successor, apparently. But obviously, railroaded in far quicker than anyone imagined. And yeah, nine games later, he's uh, he's gone. And uh, yeah, we uh, won our last game, which feels like again a few weeks ago now, doesn't it? With the uh, international <laughs> break, uh, we managed to uh, scrape past Cardiff. Luckily, his keeper saved a penalty. But yeah, and in comes Matt Fotheringham. So all of a sudden. Uh, Hopefully, uh, it's a, a more organised sort of seal town that you'll see. Well, for our sake, anyway, on uh, on Saturday down at your place. It's it, there's no more satisfying feeling in football. We were saying this on our podcast the other day. When you get the win, that results in the opposition manager getting sacked, and that's exactly what you did against against Cardiff, because of course they've they've dispensed with with their man in charge and. And I suppose with all of your managerial turbulence this season. It's you know ten games in and you're already on your, your third manager of the campaign. It's um or, or yeah. yeah it's there's there's not a lot of um there's it's it's difficult to build a a grounding from which to to compete because like you say get a decent squad on paper the likes of Sorba Thomas who's going to be back for the weekend yeah and parallels to be drawn as well with the likes of I know you said after Toffolo went to Forest and obviously they were the ones that did you in the playoffs last season yeah. It reminds me a little of when we lost Danny Williams to you guys. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Final. yeah. And, I, and I know obviously he had his injury problems. At yeah. Time, but it's really tough when you lose your best players and you almost when, when Reading lost their spine, 
when they lost like yeah. Danny Williams, Ali Alhabsi, Jan Kermigan was yeah. the same after that. It's really tough. And all of a sudden, a very, very decent team can go to being like a very, very average team or worse. So just, just to touch then upon the new guy in charge, Mark Fotheringham, it's it's it what it's from looking at your Twitter, it's something that was being mooted for a little while. You're mm. expecting him to take over and it took a little time to get over the line. Are you pleased now that he is the man and and what sort of football are you expecting from him this weekend? Yeah, it's all like just finishing on what we were saying before. Michael O'Neill lost his job when uh, we beat that Stoke. Uh, obviously, Steve Morrison lost his Cardiff, so if Paul Ince watches this, but <laughs> we, we seem to be good. We seem to be good at sending managers to their job queue. But yeah, Matt Fotheringham, wow, where where do you start? I always think uh, social media is a bit of a dangerous gauge, I think, to uh kind of to gauge fan opinion and, and as well. But a lot of people wanted uh, David Wagner back. Uh David Wagner was at the home game, which I think which one it was, a couple of weeks before Danny Schofield went and mm. kind of the first time he's been back, obviously, and I don't, I think it was a bit of a bad move from the fan to, uh, from the club, to be honest with you, because Schofield was struggling. All of a sudden, Wagner's back at the stadium, chanting his name. He came out onto the pitch. I think he was a bit embarrassed to do so. And and obviously, then people are two and two is making five once Schofield is uh, relieved of his duties after the kind of the Wigan game before a uh, guy called Chico Spanish guy took over and kind of got us a win against uh, Cardiff City. But, yeah, Matt Fotheringham, uh, wow. So, I've got to be honest, uh, let's be, be fair, anyone in football never saw that come in, mm. least of all our fan base. The, the the funny thing was, he watched the game uh, versus Cardiff, so it was there. So, it's interesting that, uh, you know, he, he's what, he watched the game there, so maybe you mm. wonder if he was already kind of a, the plans was in place. Although, if you believe what you read, in the, again, you don't know, but the Athletic went with a story that we... We talked to Slav and Bilic, but I think we're always pie in the sky with our budget and wages he wanted, and obviously mm. he's moved on. But following him, wow, I don't know if you've uh, kind of seen anything that the, he did a first interview yesterday with the uh, the club, and I'm blown away by it, to be honest with you. Very <laughs> confident. Uh, I think he's going to wind mm. a lot of uh, opposition managers up. Very cocky, maybe, confident. Uh, typical Scott, you know, really kind of indirect uh, coming out with things like, I'm not here to make friends with the players. Uh, you know, I want hard-working uh, football. Uh, obviously, a lot of the fans are spitting feathers, to be honest with you, saying it's kind of a cheap option as they would do, really, because he's not a name. And mm. I think it's a big gamble, Jacob. There's no doubt about it. 38 years old, never managed on his own, which a lot of yeah. people were beating Danny Schofield's stick with. I think it's a little bit different, the fact that Schofield was in the background, knew the players, and then he's the head man. This guy's coming, you know, on the back of, you know, being assistant at, uh, Hertha Berlin and uh, and Ingolstadt in in Germany and worked under Felix Magath, who has been you know a good manager and had kind of dealings with uh, you know some of Bayern Munich's hierarchy as well. So he's got good pedigree uh, in Germany, well thought of. There was interesting a few kind of tweets from a few people in the football world. Charlie Adam was another guy because he had he's had quite a nomadic football career as well. Mm. Uh, midfielder, uh, an old school I can't can remember him at Norwich actually and. Briefly at Celtic, but he's had a lot, lot of clubs. But he would kind of send this interview. Look, doesn't matter who I played for. Whatever. It's about coaching, and he's he's done his apprenticeship and, and as well. So he said, "What kind of football we can expect?" I've got to be honest, uh, Jacob. That you know, Danny Schofield reign. Uh, he came in, and the narrative was, you know, a, a different brand of football, a kind of more exciting brand of football. Because as amazing as last season was, it was hardly get you off your seat football from Carlos right. Cobb. It's, it's hard to kind of knock. 
a guy who took us for an absolute, mm. really, probably cheated out of at least kind of getting to extra time in the penalties with the bar, what have you. But, it, I mean, incredible what he did. Uh, the, with a team, when you look at it on paper, probably should have been no idea that, uh, you know, third, uh, top six spot and obviously, you know, playoff final. But So I think a lot of the fans are hoping for a bit more kind of better football. I think first and foremost, let's not beat around the bush. We want to stay mm. in the division. And yeah. it's, obviously it's not. And things can change quickly in football. I mean, Again, you know, I call it confident honest, but that you know, Fotheringham was saying in the last few seasons being involved in playoffs, and then he was talking, you know, kind of getting a run <laughs> on playoffs, and obviously it's, it's it's nice to hear people upbeat, and but of course his critics already, you know, kind of not had any experience yet, talking a great game, what can he deliver on the pitch, and that as well, and I think the club was a bit cheesy really, but I kind of knew why they did it. They brought out a video yesterday showing the training. And yeah. he was there, and they they showed they pl- played some audio stuff of him, and that as well. I think it was almost like to create this because a lot of people like I've always felt we we kind of needed a bit of a, a bit of a hands on manager, kind of as someone to give these guys a boot up the backside. Really, yeah. you were seen in games. You mentioned Sorbot Thomas there. He got dragged off at half time in the Schofield's last game. He kind of stormed off in off. Dwayne Holmes, another guy, bashed his fist on the dugout. I mean, I don't mind that to be honest with you. I mean, the mm. fact that it showed people care but others obviously seen as a lack of respect for the manager. So I see quite a few players there that, you know, we've, uh, that couldn't, you know, need a bit of kick up the backside. I've obviously mentioned the two that we lost, uh, you know, to Nottingham Forest, but as well, we had yeah. Levi Cowell. Levi Cowell centre-half is now at Brighton. Uh, superb England under 21 defender. We were absolutely mm-hmm. stand out for us last season. He's kind of not, uh, well, he has kind of been replaced by a young you know, Man City Loney, who looks a bit raw, to be honest, we give mm. away a, a penalty in the last game. So, and plus we lost, uh, oh God, I forgot his name. Uh, <laughs> that's Dan, Daniel Sinani, a guy to Norwich, he's kind of fit. He's, he's playing in Dean Smith's first starting lineup as well. And mm. I think we could have signed him for a million, but so we've lost one or two fringe players. So the squad's not as good, but but really 23rd. So, well, that's the reality of the uh, situation, Jacob. So, yeah, yeah it's... Uh, his interviewers really kind of made people think, what's the hell, this guy, he, uh, <laughs> he talks a, a great game, but as we all mm. know, it's uh, he'll probably get to half time on Saturday, uh, Jacob, and if we're two down, we'll uh, be wanting him out. You know how football works. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. I think it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I sat and watched this interview last night, like 30 minutes, and kind of when it finished, I thought, wow, this guy, uh, he's not here to mess about. So, But obviously, mm. the players have got to buy in, and that's going to be the key, really, isn't it? Well, that's so, it. And that takes time. And in the meantime, it's this fascinating like double tussle between the manager getting the players playing the way that he wants, whilst also trying to scrap your way out of a relegation fight. Yeah. And it's, you know, the two things often don't go hand in hand. But, you know, no. sometimes, like you say, all it takes sometimes is just a breath of fresh air. And Mark Fotheringham yeah. certainly sounds like that. I mean, not to draw parallels between Fotheringham and, and Paul Inns, because I know they're yeah. very, very different characters not just yeah. in terms of like managers and, and but also just the way, the way they communicate and whatnot yeah. but that I think, was, I think just that, just kind of just putting in there one of the biggest mm. problems I think Danish Schofield was and Carlos Cobran with a very regimented kind of everyone knew this, the, the system everyone knew where to play the players yeah. I think Schofield there was so much confusion we were getting like for example Sauber Thomas playing the other side of the field which is kind of alien and to him and that as well on his wrong side and you know we were changing from a you know, back three to back four and, mm. you know, players were playing at, there didn't look like a lot of clarity to me. A lot of, it appeared that, you know, the players was confused as some of the supporters and I suppose sometimes like defeats can kind of make you think a little bit differently but the, the thing that Fotherham said again on the interview yesterday was clarity. 
Their players yeah. will know what to do. They'll know where to play. And and that what I kind of refreshing to hear that because I just think it's been a confusing picture uh, mm. at Shield. And you saw that a little bit with the the caretaker manager uh, Chico kind of doing. He just kind of put round pegging round holes for the Cardiff game, and yeah. it wasn't spectacular. Like I said they missed the penalty. You know they they could maybe could have won if they scored. But but yeah, and it's three or four days on the training ground. It was weird. He took the training session before they even been announced because there was some issue mm. with his. Some solicitors or something like that, but sure that <laughs> well, we've, all had, we've well. all had solicitors' issues, haven't we? But it's funny because it's it, sometimes you know we can get bogged down by tactics, and I, I feel like, yeah, under, under Velko Paunovic, you know, Reading's manager before Ince got, got the job, that was certainly the case. And like you say, with when as soon as you're playing players out of position, and there's like tactical muddiness and stuff mm. being unclear if it's unclear to the fans a lot of the time it's unclear to the players and vice versa yeah. and, and you know if if this fathering and chat comes in and just you know allows certain players to play with a bit more freedom mm. and a bit more clarity and just to, to be, be less sort of like tight up i don't know maybe that's yeah. just a move in the right direction and yeah you know, definitely talk- yeah definitely jacob and i think as well our success last year were underpinned on the defense our defense I don't think there were anyone else. There might have been another team, t- you know, not conceded any more than us. And mm. set pieces, we were incredible, you know. So, but Thomas Corners and centre half said in the main and, and stuff. We were. That's gone now. It's, it's tightness, it's strength, and obviously Lewis O'Brien kind of did a job in kind of protecting the back force, being so exposed, back three, back four, whatever it's been, and that's been a bit a big miss when you when your strength was your defence and everything was pretty much underpinned on that. And it's kind yeah. of gone. It's like, right, what are your qualities now? Because we weren't free scoring last season. It were hard mm. work. We were winning by odd goals all the time, to be honest with you. But so obviously, Fotherham's got to come up with a new kind of plan of attack, a new kind of way to go forward. But yeah, it'd be just nice to see us a bit approach games with a bit more positivity, really, yeah. as well. But ultimately, at the moment, it's just, again, we want to get to that World Cup break with kind of just moved up the table, really, and kind mm. of a breather and, and stuff. It's, but again, it's incredible, isn't it? You start, we're playing at, Pretty much midweeks all the time, aren't we? Now oh, right until that November. We so were, yeah, mad. We were saying um, in the first half of the pod with James from the Reading Chronicle, the fixture list from now until the World Cup is stacked. I mean, the, oh. the league table is going to look completely different by the time that the World Cup rolls around. I mean, hopefully for for you guys and maybe you know <laughs> for, for you us. Well. Yeah. For, I mean, hopefully for us, it's, yeah. it's more of the same, really, because I don't know how we're in the nosebleed territory of, of third, but. This leads on to the question for the weekend. You know, it's 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 Fotheringham's first game. It's there's always this unexpected factor mm-hmm. whenever a manager takes his first game in charge. You don't know if there's like a honeymoon period or a new mm-hmm. manager bounce or any of that. And you know, you've talked about the personnel that you've lost since the last time that Reading played yeah. Huddersfield. And I remember watching Levi Colwell for you guys last season and being so impressed. And yeah, you know, he's he's gonna be like an obvious, obvious miss. But do you reckon you know, when you take into account the new manager bounce and the fact that you guys need points on the board and hopefully the players are going to be eager to impress the new guy, do you reckon you can squeak a result against us on Saturday? Like, what, what's your score prediction? Yeah, I, again, it's one of those in the art and head job and that as well. And I suppose you've got to look at it that, I know it's a while ago, but we've come on off the back of a, a win and a clean sheet, even though it, was, it wasn't brilliant against, like, Cardiff, so... And I think the beauty of this division, Jacob, and again, everyone was saying it last year when we were beating teams and we would, honestly, we we deserve to finish where we did, but, you know, Huddersfield and, you know, how are they there? And obviously, you're there for a reason in third because you're, you know, a really good side. But again, you'll be 
mocked and, and obviously we, we kind of manage that you've got a bit you know they will be there at the end and stuff but mm. mate the pressure's on teams like us uh, Middlesbrough that have started really bad and that as well yeah, uh, yeah the, honestly just just to get just a performance where you kind of look at the team and think you know people are, are giving everything people are organised we're, we're hard mm. to be, kind of be just go back to a little bit of basics to be honest uh, and maybe a bit of X Factor like from Sober Thomas it'd be interesting to see whether he goes Rhodes uh, Danny Ward up front's got absolute screaming at, at your place last season and whether you know what that's the beautiful thing we don't know what he's going to you know turn us out in formation wise as well but I think it's one of those that if you're a new if you're a player playing under a new manager you want to impress on that as well and uh, I don't think that guy's going to suffer fools sir Jacob so you know I'm, I'm, I'm awful but I think he always had the championship even if I remember you know last season when we were playing teams on the bottom you don't think we're automatically going to win uh, yeah, just because that's the beauty of our division, and I love it because mm. you don't you don't know what's going to happen. If, if Premier League, pretty much, if if it's third be twenty uh, third, it's you got your own banker. But on Saturday, yeah. it might be it might turn out that. But I'm awful. <laughs> I, I reckon it's going to be tight. I reckon there's going to be a goal in it. Yeah, and um, I've you'll you'll be delighted to hear. I say this every week. I've not got a prediction right yet this season, and we're uh, <laughs> ten games in now. But oh, good. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it'll probably give you great pleasure to know that I'm probably going to go for a 1-0, 2-1 Reading win. The previous okay. results between us, like I think in our last six, uh, Reading have won two, Huddersfield have won two, and we've drawn the other two. So there's nothing between us. Same number of cards, 10 yellows each, nine goals for Reading, 11 goals for Huddersfield. So it's going to be yeah. tight. It's going to be tight. And, yeah. and like you say, third against 23rd means nothing because it can literally go yeah, anyway. Yeah. So uh, no. I, all, all that's rest, left to say then, Cosi, is thank you so, so, so much for coming on to be yeah, uh, game with us. And just a quick one for you, Jacob. Thanks so much for what you guys do with the admission charges down there because that, it needs to happen a lot more now, especially with the cost of living. I'm, it's ridiculous that, yeah. you know, there only seems to be you that's kind of took the, I think Preston might have cop, uh, copied you as well, but kind of we'll, we'll do that agreement, you do that. It's, mm. it's a joke with QPR, I think you probably talked about £36 oh. when that game gets rearranged in November. And you know what? It's a Wednesday night. No one's got any money at the moment. It's honestly, you led the way. So massive respect uh, for you guys down there. Last someone in touch with reality for fans, mm. you know. Yeah, we we've been saying the same thing in the Reading fan base. We're glad that it's our club that's kind of had to, you know, seize the bull by the horns and do something about it. Because on the subject of QPR, I mean, I don't don't really like to single out a particular club, but we're heading there very soon. And whilst the train strikes are on, and the prices that a club like QPR are charging is just criminal at a time. You can't even so, see out of there, Jacob. There's like big <laughs> I know. It's ridiculous. A massive, yeah. massive pillar. And I always no. enjoy coming. I always enjoy coming up to the John Smiths. Um, all yeah. of, I've always been impressed with your stewards in the away end in the past. So, and and like I was saying to you off off mic before we hit records, um, all of the or most of the bad blood after you did us in the playoff final that's gone now. So uh, best of luck for the season, Cozy, <laughs> yeah. because um, I'd like to be by the Cheers. time that um, by the time that May rolls around, I hope you're still a championship club. So, yeah, no, yeah. you never know. But let's uh, dream big. Uh, yeah, even yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, cheers, uh, to, thanks a lot, mate. Cheers, Cosi. And to those of you listening at home, thank you so much for joining us for another edition of the Selm Park Rules Preview Podcast. We've got a ton of these coming this month because the fixture, the fixture calendar is just insane. So, thanks for bearing with us. Thank you to Phantom Brewing Co for sponsoring this pod. And take care. Up the ding. Come on, you ours.